the benefits the benefits of serving God so this is how we start the Bible is not silent on the benefits of serving God when it comes to serving God the Bible is loud the Bible is vociferous the Bible is rambunctious about the benefits of serving God anytime you read the Bible the Bible wants to draw your attention to the fact that there are benefits in serving God now we have been extensively taught that difficulty hardship poverty negative circumstances are the hallmark of those that serve God to this end those of us that are born again like for instance if a Christian goes to bid for a contract with an unbeliever you know the Christian is expecting that the unbeliever will get it true or false somehow we begin to feel that it is our lot as children of God to always go as far as possible but never achieve anything as a result of our labors and we have been taught this because of our orthodox backgrounds many of us that are in church today or were born into the christian religion you know we were taught in the orthodox church and these are some of the things they taught us they taught us that difficulty in life is synonymous with piety that if you were going through hardship difficulties job moborini they taught us that those things signify holiness and a holy life so i remember i mean when we were little the advice we were given was if you go to school don't become friends with rich people was that the advice you were given some of you that were young ladies when you were young there was a handsome young rich man that was interested the advice your mother would give you is that some of you don't know who jimmy cash is so i'll forgive you if you had watched i told you so you know who jimmy cash is so that was the advice that was given us because uh, we were brought up that way we were taught that hardship difficulty struggle suffering is part of our exhibition of our holiness towards God hallelujah now because of this teaching our perception of kingdom service has been damaged this this teaching has been damaging to our spiritual lives and our spiritual walk because of this teaching that we have been given many of us there are certain things we're supposed to do in our walk with God we don't do because we have been brought up to think that Nyankupon I mean there are songs like Nyankupon of Anobeba on tone and tam and people say things like that people say Nyamina konzo onamachuacho do they do they say that God's way is crooked I don't remember reading that in the Bible but that's what we have been taught that's what we've been brought up to believe so somehow we believe that like a Christian sister is about to get married then maybe a week before the marriage the brother calls and the brother says I won't marry again we believe that it's okay so we will encourage your sister we are to you in some room sister you are to know you what's impossible sir obedience sister fandama praise the lord and so if you're a christian and you you are demanding more because you're a christian you're expecting more even those in the church tell you take your time and that's why for instance a young pastor maybe a young christian somebody who just came to church and they are doing well god is blessing them it's very common to even find people that are in the church world 
you know, become jealous of the person. You believe that some people, once a pastor is maybe being used by God to work miracles, is being used by God to heal the sick, and God is blessing him financially. People say, so for no have a baby. But if the pastor is struggling, he's broke, he's tattered, his trousers are torn, you know, even I mean, going from member to member for what to eat, people say, so for it's offering me. Praise the Lord. This has nothing to do with Christianity. Tell somebody this is not Christianity. So this teaching has damaged our view of kingdom service in the four in the, in the following four areas. Number one, it has lowered our reverence for the work of God. This teaching, number one, has lowered our reverence for the work of God. So, when we are laboring for God, we don't, put, we don't attach any reverence or we don't attach any importance to it. How many of you have two phones? How many of you have two phones? You use two phones? Okay. I see one hand. How many of you use two phones? I see two hands. Two, three, four. Okay. Five. So, in case your two phones are ringing at the same time, your pastor is ringing, your pastor, that's me, okay? I'm ringing, and then a very rich uncle who lives in Dubai, you know, who usually sends you $1,000 at a time, is ringing on the other phone. Which one are you going to pick first? And don't lie, you are in church. Dubai, okay. Who else? Dubai. Who else? Obviously, what message does a pastor have? None of them so quickly we connect to dubai and we will see what dubai has for us you see generally this is how we have worked for god we have worked for god without any reference for the things of god because we feel that the uncle in dubai can do better for us than god can do for us so for instance if we have to do something for god and we have to do something for ourselves usually we'll choose something for ourselves first and we'll do something for God later. Now, this is because we have not been taught. One children there, if we had been taught and we knew that there's a blessing in serving God, we will always choose God and the things of God first. So, all of us who are saying Dubai, it is because this orthodox mentality has been ingrained in us and we think man can do better than God can do for us. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. Or somebody say, Lord, have mercy. So, number two, this teaching has lowered our effort to serve God. And so, because we have been taught this way, because this is how we have been brought up. This is the teaching that we have received. We don't put much effort into serving God. We put very little. Generally, we put as much effort as we can into serving God. Last week, I told you about the doing what I can do spirit. Who remembers that? Last week, I told you that you don't serve God with the doing what I can do spirit. And I explained to you that when Uzzah was following the ark of the covenant of God at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and the ark was about to fall. And because it was simple for him to lift his hand and hold it, that's what he did. 
But the moment he did that, the Bible said God got angry, struck him, and killed him. Many of us are making the same mistake that young man is making when it comes to serving God. When it comes to serving God, we put in minimal effort. Praise God. And so there are many of us in church who don't remember putting any energy in doing anything for God. When it comes to the things of God, we barely, we, we, we just do something very simple. I always tell people like for somebody like me, for instance, I, I pastor, I preach. I have been given a gift by God to do what I do. Now, if I do just what I can do, you won't even enjoy coming to church. Do you see the number of people that are here? Are you here because I'm, I'm singing or like, I mean, if I'm singing, will you come? Yeah, because I can sing. Do you want me to sing? Mark, will you be happy if every day I get here, I sing? Be honest. He said he won't be happy. And he's supposed to be my personal assistant. He said he won't be happy. Because as for singing, I can sing. Now, you know that if I do what I can do in terms of singing, the church is going to be empty. But the truth is that if I'm going to sing, I must do better. I'll come and see you. Do, 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 do. I'll come for a hazard. But the thing is that we can't do just what we can do when it comes to serving God. We must put in extra effort. So I read a scripture to you from the uh, book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 where he talks about the people of Macedonia and he said in verse number 4 that even in the trial of great affliction and in their deep poverty they gave and they didn't give as they required but then the Bible said that they gave much more and they forced them, they constrained them that allow us to be a blessing to the saints. Praise the Lord. Now, so in serving God because of this teaching that we have received, that there are no benefits in serving God, we put in very little effort. That's number two. Number three, this teaching that there are no benefits in serving God has also lowered our expectation in serving God. Now, how many of us are paid at the end of a month? You get a salary at the end of the month? You get money at the end of the month? Can I see by hand? You get some form of revenue? By the end of the month, can I see? Can I see by hand? You get some money by the end of the month. Now, how many of us, if the month ends five days into the new month, six days into the new month, will not be looking for your money? You won't ask your boss, you'll be going to work normally one week into the new month, two weeks into the new month, you have not been paid, and you are calm and you are gentle and you are okay. Is there somebody here like that? Can I see by hand? Is there somebody here like that? Now, why is it that by the close of the month, you are looking for your salary, salary in case you don't get it, you are pressing and pushing for it. Why? Because you believe you have labored and therefore you must be paid. But you see, because we have been taught that there is no blessing or there are no benefits derived directly from our service to God, there are certain things that God has promised us. When we don't see them, we don't really worry ourselves. I realize that, it, when, you see, when it comes to Christianity, the simplest thing we do is that we knock on God's door. Then if he doesn't open, we go to another door. Is that the case? I mean, some of you have friends 
that you know they have the money they can give it to you you ask them about a thousand times they've not given to you are you going to stop no you keep asking them maybe but when it comes to god we are being taught that Praise the Lord. You see, because we have been taught that there are no benefits in serving God, when we are demanding our reward from God, we don't put in much expectation. We expect very little from God. But the thing I'm trying to teach you tonight is that you must expect so much from God. If you are laboring for God, you must expect much for God. The Bible said in the book of 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it said, Beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In the book of Hebrews 6, 10, he said, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. God is not unrighteous. And I want you to know this because sometimes we treat God as an unrighteous God. It's like when he needs people to work for him, we go and work. But when it is time for God to take care of us, he doesn't take care of us. So we would rather have to go and beg somebody. Please listen to me. That is not Bible. That is a lie. David said, I've been young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread not one day of your life are you going to beg bread if you are the servant of god who has been laboring for god then your labor in the lord is not in vain god is not unrighteous to forget it god will reward your labor somebody say god will reward my labor somebody say i believe that number four this has this has in essence made our service to god unfruitful so because of this teaching that there are no benefits or even if there are benefits in serving God, they are very small, we have become very unfruitful in our labor for God. We have done very little for God. We don't do much. I mean, if you ask the average believer, what do you do for God? What do you do in the house of God? Oh, I'm an usher. What do you do? Oh, I'm a part of the ushering team. I mean, what is your specific role? Oh, I'm just part of the ushering team. I go to church on Sunday and if there's any work, I do some. That's all that we do but in our workplaces somehow every one of us has a specific assignment in proverbs chapter 14 verse 23 the bible said in all labor there is profit in all labor there's profit now that means that including in physical labor in spiritual labor in kingdom labor every labor there's profit in it and so i want to tell somebody that is listening to me tonight there is a labor there there's profit Profit in kingdom labor. If you are laboring for God, I want you to be excited already because you are going to be blessed laboring for God. Am I talking to the right person? I said, if you are laboring for God, I want you to be excited already because God is going to bless your service in the house of God. The Bible said in the book of Psalm 134 and Psalm 135, then in verse number one of each of these scriptures, he says, those that stand in the house of God, by night they must bless the name of the Lord. I want you to know, if you are one of the people that live late into the night in the house of God, you can begin to bless the name of God because there is a 
blessing for you. If somebody is going to be blessed, it's not my neighbor who does not go to church. Are you listening to me? It's not my neighbor who doesn't do anything for God. You see, there are people that will do things for me because of things that I do for them. In the same way, God will do certain things for me because of things that I do for him. So if you are here and you are a kingdom laborer, you are a kingdom laborer, you can start jubilating already because this year, if somebody is going to get a testimony, you are one of those people that are going to benefit from serving. I need you to hear it because the devil and some wicked people don't want you to think that serving God comes with a reward. But I want to open my Bible and let you know that serving God comes with a reward. And if somebody is going to get it, you are going to get it. If we're going to know what we will get as a result of serving God, then the Bible must speak for itself. You see, in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 14, one of my favorite scriptures, the Bible said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Then he says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now the people that are going to call upon God and be saved, it is because somebody told them that God can save. Are you listening? The people that are going to hear that God is a healer, somebody must tell them that God is a healer. And so the people that are going to be blessed as a result of kingdom labor, somebody must preach to them, somebody must teach them from the word of God and tell them that there's blessing in laboring for God. Please, if nobody told you in the Orthodox Church, if nobody told you when you were in the world, let me be the first preacher man to tell you that there are blessings in laboring for God. I said there are blessings in laboring for God. There are benefits in laboring for God. We read about people like Abraham in Genesis chapter 24 verse 1. And by the time Abraham was an old man and by the time he was well stricken in years, the Bible said God had Bless him in all things. And this is because Abraham had served God. Abraham had labored for God. That's a picture of how your life is going to be. By the time you are 90 years, you are looking at your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and there are no funny stories in the family. God has settled you nicely. Everybody is doing extremely well. Nobody died prematurely. Nobody was struck in any accident and you are praising God and saying indeed serving God was not in vain. Now people run after idols because they believe in serving idols there's some kind of security and there's some kind of blessing. Well security is not in serving any idol. Blessing is not serving any idol. It's all in God. I said it's all where? It's all in God. Somebody scream it's all in God. It's all in God. And I want you to know this because we have been deceived for a long time. We don't have any reverence for the work of God. Can you imagine how you answered my question tonight? Your pastor is calling you. Your rich uncle in Dubai is calling. Then you ignore the pastor's phone call and you pick the uncle in Dubai. You see, the reason why we have not reached to the level of divine blessing is that we have not attached any reverence to the things of God. 
We have trivialized the things of God. You see, we don't know because I told you last week, I said that if they ask you with all your degrees and everything to become a janitor, a cleaner at the White House, am I, am I talking to Christians? A cleaner at the White House, correct with American documents, what will you say? I won't do. Is that what you say? Upon saying the White House, it offers many opportunities. When the heads of states come, would they be talking to the janitor? They will be talking to the janitor. So what are you talking about? But you see, somehow, in being a cleaner at the White House, there are opportunities. Anna, Anna, one year, you able to many American presidents, they be a miracle for friend then. Why are you not going to Donald Trump able to make yourself in a At least, on one could be Donald Trump cried yourself Praise the Lord. Now, so I want you to know this because I want you to walk away from that teaching. Praise the Lord. And see what God can do for you as a result of your service to him are you here tonight so to know what is available to us in kingdom service there are two things we must do number one we must elevate what the bible teaches about kingdom service we must tell you over and over and over and over and over again we must tell you that there are blessings in serving god or they come at spirit there there are blessings in serving god Somebody say there are blessings in serving God. You must know, you know, some of us think that the way to secure the future is, you know, when you become a lawyer, when you become a doctor. No, that's not the way. We thank God for doctors and lawyers and all that. And we are not saying that don't become a doctor or a lawyer. What I'm saying is that whether you are a lawyer or a doctor or whoever and whatever you are, you must also be identified as a kingdom servant. Praise God. Whatever you do, make sure you are serving God as well. Remember, in the last few years that I've been a pastor, that's one of the things I've seen in church. Many of you, eh, you are just looking for an opportunity for God to open a door for you. Then you come and bore on top of your pastor. Somebody say, I repent. They brought a girl from the village. They sent her to school here in Cape Coast. So when they brought her, I saw her, I mean, <laughs> they had just brought her from the village. A sister brought her, I prayed over her, they sent her to school. Krasinyawaba Secondary School, Cape Coast. So one day I was just walking in town and I met him. He said, hey, Rabana, I'm going to go to Pastor, I'm going to go your assignments. There are people here who went to Wesley Girls and St. Augustine's and all that. They still come to church or they don't come. Secondary. 
Omeyanswa. Pastor, yamakwa. You know, some of us are just looking for an opportunity. Mo chapracha mo campus. Here now on campus. Lecturers ruba chapel. No students mba. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, God have mercy. We must elevate the idea of kingdom service. Now, when we begin to elevate the idea of kingdom service, that's when we're going to get the benefit. So, we must put kingdom service where the Bible puts it, not where men have put it. You see, somehow, people trivialize the work, the work of God so much that we in church, we have done the same thing. I see people coming to church, they are very late. Very late. And they have picked an unimportant call. No, what on also nanasi. Oh Nasa, now say saying I'll cry away. Me may call sorry, me my late but may call my late but may call. Moye buffoon po ye service and be in your phone call. No, one man is a could do this and also or you're foreign or you're foreign. So foreign calling po sika woman po yes kapia limo what when your foreign calls it be a twenty thousand dollars fifty thousand no woody on two thousand cities in po so and may I so mungi and was so as if you are praise God tell your neighbor you need to elevate kingdom service so look at some eighty four verse ten and I want to show you something some eighty four verse ten these are the words of a king the king David. And this is what David says. He said, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. He said, I had rather be a doorkeeper. Now, this is a king ruling over a nation. And he said, in case they are changing my job, then the job I want to do, I want to be a gate man, security man, watchman in God's house. Are you following David was a king. David was rich. And yet David said, I, I am ready to become God's doorkeeper. What did David see in kingdom service? I'm, I'm telling you, David saw something we have not seen. Because if we saw what David saw, because we, we are not kings. Our fathers are not kings. By the time David was dying, he left more than $3 billion for Solomon for building the temple and for living his own life. And so, when God asked Solomon what he wants, Solomon didn't even ask God for money or anything. He said, just give me wisdom to rule. No, one request but those, or you don't know. If God should ask your children what do they want, don't you know they will have a long list? Solomon was David's son. His father left him so much that when God asked him what he wants, he said, oh, just give me wisdom so I can rule over all that old man gave me. No way, Jabazi. And yet David, with all the riches, he wanted to be a doorkeeper for God. I pray that God will give us that revelation that David had. I said, I pray God will give us that revelation David had. So our scripture for this month is Psalm 102 verse 13 to 14. Now I will add verse 15. For thou shalt arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come for thy servant take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and the kings of the earth thy glory. 
Now, the people that are going to, the people that God is going to arise on them and favor them, I explained to you that in verse 14, those people, they are the people that favor the dust and the stones of Zion. If you are joking with the dust and the stones of Zion, God is not going to arise on you and favor you. The people that God is going to arise on them and favor them are the people that reverence the things of God. The people that handle the work of God in holiness. Praise the Lord. So, when we elevate kingdom service, four things will happen. Number one, it will determine how hard we work for God. So, when we see the benefits in kingdom service, what the Bible says about kingdom service, it will affect how hard we work for God. You know, some of us, the, 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 the laziness, the laxity in working for God is because we have not seen kingdom service for what it is. Number two, when we elevate kingdom service to its place, it will determine how committed we are to the things of God. So once we elevate kingdom service to its rightful place, it's going to affect our commitment. Now, like for instance, when I talked about your uncle in Dubai and your pastor calling, and I said your uncle in Dubai sent you $1,000 at a time, he said, well, I'll pick my uncle's call. Now, it is because you know what you get from your uncle. I want you to begin to see tonight, because I'm going to show you from the word of God, what you can get from God. And so, the moment you begin to see what you can get from God, it affects how you serve God. Your commitment. Praise the Lord. Your commitment. Now, there are many of us here, if your boss ever came into your office around 4.45 and announced that today we are doing overtime and there's bonus for overtime, what will you say? What will you say? We are doing overtime. There's bonus. One every one hour is 200 cities. Boss, it would be in five hours. Anna, boss. Oh, my men, you're coming. Men, you're there. Oh, say, China, the pump on me. I'm going to do. What am I going to do? Oh, China, the pump on me. Marase, me, I'm going to pay job. Ma, I'm going to The man was a woman. Anna. Because somehow you know that you're going to get something from it. And so you become committed. Number three, when we elevate kingdom service to its rightful place, this is C, it, it will also determine what we expect from our kingdom service. And so it will affect our expectations. And tonight, with what I'm teaching, I want to raise your expectations. I want to raise your expectations that there's nobody in here who is laboring for God and you are not expecting anything from God. Do you know that when you do something and you don't expect anything from the labor or the thing you do, you don't put in much? Have you realized that if you have a friend, for instance, and you are not expecting anything from the friend, or from but if you have people in your life you're expecting things from, even when they have not called you, so Ephraim, pay them who miss call. Ah, no, no, chodo, WhatsApp message. Oh, no, no, a regular text. Also, ah, Jamai send a mail. Because Mukro Post Office, Mu letter be. Also, send no letter be. Also, on Yawa, are you home? Anyway, me hands in commandments on catcher. And now, I shall say from there, and you see where it will lead. Praise the Lord. So, it affects our expectations. Once we see that God has a blessing for those who labor for him, 
it will affect what we expect from our labor. I pray for somebody that is listening to me tonight that your expectations are going to change. We have not expected much from God. You know, we keep blaming God. God, you have not done anything. God, you have not done anything. And God keeps looking at you and saying, what are you expecting from me? You know, some of us, our faith in God is so small. And it's as if it will cost us something to believe in God. And so we put very... Sometimes, for instance, I'm taking an offering in church. I say, we are doing something about the building. We are taking this offering. Then a wise person sits down and thinks about it calculatively, mentally, analytically. Say, Pastor Skorogy, the miske miske made sia. Miss Mayenden, made sia. Mizika ke mazi se mukone. Mukachirame. Means yeah. Then that's the end of the story. But then if you realize that there is some blessing, your expectations are in him. And you know that this year, if somebody will do something for me, God is the one that will do it. Is there somebody here like that? Expecting something from God? Expecting a miracle? Is somebody expecting a miracle? Is somebody expecting a miracle? Is somebody expecting a miracle? Oh my, is somebody expecting a miracle? This year, I want you to expect a miracle. God is going to make it happen for you. I want you to start expecting it. Praise God. Tell somebody, start expecting it. Then also, when we elevate kingdom service to its rightful place, it affects the reverence with which we work for God. It affects the reverence with which we work for God. Now, for instance, for instance, you know, if, if you're in a place... You're working in the same office with your boss. You sat in the same office. When you get a phone call, can you easily talk? Can you easily talk? You're sitting in the same office with your boss. And you get a phone call. Then you cross your legs. Hey, I got that. Now, what are they showing now? Hey, episode 43. Oh, yes, Roma. Can you do that? Now, because your boss is present with you in the same office, there's so much reverence. Now, we must see that whenever we are doing anything for God, he is there. It will affect how we do everything. It, it, will, it will keep us... You know, I, I know people who work for God wow, and they are grumbling. I was explaining to uh, my students in the mentoring class that yeah, I know pastors who once they are invited to preach in a church they will tell you how much they are going to charge they will tell you that um, when I come I will eat this food, I will eat that food I like this class of hotel that's where I want to stay you know my food will cost so much some pastors when you invite them they don't bring their own car they rent a car and they let you pay for it so they tell you that I'm coming with a rented car it costs $150 a day and you have to fuel it every day if the church has money so if you can't afford me Sorry, next time when you have money, I'll come. Some pastors, when you invite them, they charge you 50-50. So I can raise 100, uh, I can raise 10,000. I'll take 50%. What do you do? Then they start bargaining now. Then it's okay. 60-40. Okay, that's okay. I'll settle for 60-40. Then they can come. I don't remember. I've never done it. I've never gone anywhere. In fact, number one, I've never asked anybody to invite me. Oh, I invite mine. Nah. 
I've never asked anybody to invite me. Number two, I don't negotiate with anybody. Miss K. Jessica, crack come on, chop, fine. I was telling my wife the other day, somebody was telling me the same thing. They were saying, I was telling she was so shocked. Say, hey, that's what I said, yeah. Praise <laughs> You see, we work like that for God because we don't know what God can do for those who work for him. If we knew what God could do for those who work for him, you know, some people are working for God and they are grumbling. They are grumbling. I know pastors, when, you, when they finish preaching and don't give them enough money, they will fight with you. See, I have told people that, listen, like those of us who preach, it's not the preaching that brings us money. I've never gone anywhere as I'm preaching. I'm looking for the people who are dressed richly. They look like they are rich. After service, see me. I have a word for you. I won't have any word for you. If you won't. No, I won't have any word for you because I realize that it is not the people that bless you. It is God that blesses you. So some of you are working in this church and you are grumbling because it's like every Sunday you want me to come and do special mention. There's something wrong with you. If I mention you like that, you have received your reward. The biggest reward does not come from me mentioning you. The biggest reward comes from God. So what you are doing, don't do it for me. Do it for God. So in case your name is not mentioned, don't be bothered. In case you are not in the limelight, don't be bothered. Because your reward will come from God. God. Your reward will come from God. In the book of Leviticus chapter 6 verse 12 verse 13 he said that that fire is never to go out. It must always be burning and so as long as the fire in the temple was burning it was a sign that there was a priest there that was serving God. Praise the Lord. So your service to God must look like that. Now how many of you know that we are on and off servants? Are there on and off servants here? Can I see a wave? Where are the on and off servants? We serve God sometime. Where are they? Where are they? Some of you, you are fake. Don't worry. I can spot fakes. Where are the on and off servants? Can I see my hand? On and off? On and off? On and off? Ubufwa. Nyaminejimasu. On show. Ideally, our service must not be on and off. Our service like me must be like that flame in the temple that never goes out that flame that never goes out so i'm sharing with you tonight eight benefits that you can get as a result of your service in the house of god now these benefits are biblical promises now for every promise in the bible it is not automatic okay every biblical promise is not automatic there's something that you must do in order for the biblical promise to come to pass are you listening now here are four things you must do to every promise you receive number one you must read it. Every promise in the Bible, you must read it. Now, if you're a Christian that is not a fan of reading scriptures, 
you are not going to get the benefit of scriptures. Are you listening? Number one, what must you do? You must read it. Every promise, you take the promise and you begin to read the promise. This is what God has said and you begin to read it. Hallelujah. Number two, you must believe it. Every promise in the word of God, once you read it, you believe it. And as your pastor, I want you to know that the Christians that don't read the promises of God, they don't know it. And so because they don't know it, they can't believe it. Are you listening? Now, for instance, for instance, once a certain standard is set, okay, a certain standard is set, like say where you work, in your workplace, the standard is that everybody must go to work in a jacket, you know, and then shoes, if you're a lady, high heels. Do you wear slippers there, your chaliwate? Can you do that? The standard has already been set. So that's what you follow. Now, in the same way, when you read the word of God, you see God's standard. Now you can begin to believe it. The third thing you do, you must speak the promises of God. Every day, you wake up. Sometimes, when you are walking in town, be speaking the promises of God. One of the promises of God I've been speaking over my life recently is the one that says that, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So as I'm walking, I'm just saying to myself, may God make me like Ephraim and Manasseh. God has made me like Ephraim and Manasseh. You see, because when you read the Bible, those boys, they were born by a slave, yet they were princes in a foreign land. So God told Moses that that's how the Israelites must bless. They must bless in the name of Ephraim and Manasseh, and they, may, they must say, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So, the promises of God, you speak it. Praise the Lord. What do you do with the promises of God? If there's a car you like, every time you see it, claim it. What should you do? Claim it. What should you do? Oh my goodness. Somebody's applying that to a woman she likes, a man she likes. Somebody's in trouble. Oh, Jesus. Rabbi Binim Bible Single Christian brothers, I fear for you. So you speak the promises of God. Wherever you're going, you begin to speak them. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm above, I'm not beneath. I'm blessed and not cursed. God has opened unto me his good treasure, the heavens, and they bring down dew. They bring down rain upon my life. My, the rain of my land is not powder. My land is not iron. My heaven is not brass. You begin to command the promises of God. You speak it. Then the next thing you do, you pray it. Now, prayer is different from speaking. So when you take something and you begin to pray, bringing it before God. Hallelujah. Alright, so now, let's, let's pick the first promise that will give us three blessings in serving God. Malachi chapter 3, 16 to 18. Malachi chapter 3, 16 to 18. That's the first promise. And they that fear the Lord speak often one to another. They speak often, right? I told you you must speak the promises of God. They speak often to one another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And the book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared him and that thought upon his name. They shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son 
that served him. So these people that feared God, another thing they did was that they served God. Are you seeing that? Okay, that's deductive. 18. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. So they had the first three blessings. Number one, the first blessing is remembrance. For the people that serve God, there is remembrance with God. We read from Psalm 112 verse 6 the other day. Is that Psalm 112 verse 6? What's there? Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. And so those who serve God, they have remembrance with God. Now, for instance, when you're doing something for somebody, you want to do something for somebody who does that something for you. And if you have something that you're going to do for somebody, first of all, you want to remember or do it for those who have been doing something for you. So the first blessing is remembrance. If you are here and you are a servant of God, you have remembrance with God. Number two, he said that the, 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 the second promise is God will pick you or God will spare you. Now, the Jewish word for pick or spare is the same. So, God will pick you or God will spare you. So, in this scripture, he uses the picture of somebody making up jewels. And then he said that when God is making up his jewelry, you are one of the choice ones that God is going to pick. Praise the Lord. Like you're coming to church this evening, there are clothes you have you didn't wear because those ones you wear them at home. Is that true? So you didn't wear them. So you pick clothes that will make you look presentable for service tonight. And so when God's, God says, when I'm making up my jewels, I'm going to either pick or I'm going to spare you. So sparing you, I will spare you from not being chosen. And that also means I will pick you. Now, this is one of the blessings, one of the benefits that's available to kingdom servants. So whenever, for instance, something happens, there's a bad case and God is sparing, you are one of the people God is going to spare. There's, a, there's an outbreak, there's a plague in a place, there's distraction. If, when God is sparing, you are one of the people that God is going to spare. There was a fire in, in America, in Texas, and it was a, a wildfire. I mean, every year in Texas, they have, because it's close to the desert, they have uh, in summer, they have fires it destroys houses plenty things, property so this particular year the fire was burning as usual in summer and houses were being burned so in the area where the fires were, the fires were burning there was a factory that belonged to Colgate now Palmolive Colgate now that guy is a Jewish person the owner of the factory, the company is a Jewish person so as the fire was burning, the fire got to his factory. So it went to the first one, went around his own. The next one, everybody was looking at the fire, but it wasn't going where his factory was. Everybody was wondering why. So it was on CNN, live on CNN. So they called him and said, yeah, that's the blessings of paying the tithe. It was live on CNN. He said, that's the blessing of paying the tithe. Once you are a servant of God. That's what he has said. He said, I will spare you. He said, some of us in the charismatic church, we have not taken note of this. If you go to the Orthodox church, sometimes on a Saturday, they can bring five dead bodies at a time. What's that? Oh, yeah. You know, if we see some now on church, one hour, pa, no, I'm a do, pa, no, I'm a do, pa. 
I was explaining to the church leaders. Now, in, in, in some of the Orthodox churches, especially here in Cape Coast, I've seen this. They have hairs. I saw it in the sky. I got to hairs. Change hairs now, husband. No fancy for an ambulance. I saw in his scam or I caught his day. Obi we obi we enter pray and pet up but counting ya a boshena utrebibi kakra. What happened to missions? What happened to evangelism? What happened to tracts? What happened to preaching on radio? What? The church is not interested. The church is just interested in making money. Some of us in the charismatic church, we don't see this because if you go to some of those places, people just keep dying like that. They just keep dying like that. Are you listening to me? We have been saved by God. Am I talking to the right people? I said we have been saved by God. God has spared us. God said he will spare us. Tell somebody God has spared us. So I want you to expect that when your children are going out to school, pray over them. When you are going to work, pray over yourself. They, they, I mean, redundancy will come. They will reduce. They will sack people, but not you. They are sacking. See, see, see. They get to you say, you, for some reason, you stay. Then they go to the next one. Are you listening to me? God will make sure that you are spared. You are spared. Somebody say, I'll be spared. The next one he talks about is in verse number 18 and he talks about the distinction. He said, you shall return and descend between the righteous and the wicked, between he that serveth God and he that does not serve God. And so there's going to be a different, please, saints of God, listen to me. There must be a clear difference between us and the people of the world. If we are serving God, the Bible said that they can descend, they can see that no, we are not the same. From today, I want to declare over somebody your business will, will not be like the business of the unbeliever I know the two of you are doing the same thing but God is going to set your business apart your business will not be like the business of the unbeliever am I prophesying to somebody your family will not be like the family of the unbeliever your marriage will not be like the marriage of the unbeliever I want to declare to somebody because I want you to know this for a certainty in your spirit that this year God is creating a distinction please wherever you go expect it wherever you go declare it upon yourself God is causing a difference and the Bible said it will be a discernible difference it will be a discernible difference try buying a toy phone for your child when they want your mobile phone the moment you give them the toy phone they can discern that this is not the right thing so they tell you I want that one and God is saying that's how clear the difference will be between toy phone and real mobile phone. I want to declare to somebody that is serving God, that has decided to give your all to God, that has decided to go all out for God. We are going to see the difference. Your neighbors are going to see the difference. Your classmates are going to see the difference. The people that know you are going to see the difference. In whatever you do, the difference will be clear. Please listen to me and believe me when I tell you, you are not going to have a normal life. You are going to have an extraordinary life, a supernatural life, simply because you are a child of God, a servant of the Most High God. Where are the servants of God? 
are you ready for an extraordinary life your marriage will be extraordinary your children will be extraordinary your life will be extraordinary your health will be extraordinary everything about you extraordinary in our scripture for today in Exodus 23 one of the promises is that we will have a long life please listen to me you are not going to die like a cockroach you are not going to die like a mosquito your life is extraordinary your circumstances extraordinary I want you to believe it I want you to start speaking it over yourself I want you to start praying it because as a servant of God your labor in the Lord is not in vain is there somebody ready for your blessing is there somebody here ready who is ready for the honor God is going to honor you God is going to set you apart I've been talking for some time about the Jewish people they are a blessed race and they are a prosperous race of all the ethnic groups of people in the world the Jewish people are just about 12 uh, about 20 million people there are 15 million of them in Palestine and they are five about 5 million of them scattered around the world yet they are the richest the most powerful and the most blessed people in the world and of Hitler tried to kill all of them it did not work back in the day Haman tried to kill all of them it did not work why because they have been serving God from generation to generation and that's what I'm seeing for your family they are going to try to kill you it's not going to work they're going to try to stop you it's not going to work other servants of God here I see God promoting I see God bringing honor I see God healing and delivering somebody scream that's my position and if you shall serve the Lord your God he shall bless thy bread and thy water and he said I will take away sickness from the midst of the is there somebody here who is needing healing you are a servant you are a servant of God you read it you believe it you start speaking it and start praying it. it's one of the promises of God to you as a servant of God healing is your portion 26 he said there shall nothing cast their young premature death is not our portion miscarriage is not our portion and barrenness is not our portion oh you are fruitful I said you are a fruitful vine I said you are a fruitful vine and he said the number of thy days I will fulfill you are going to have a very long life verse 27 he said and I will send my fear not your fear my fear God's fear shall go ahead of you and God will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come and he said and I will make all thine enemies do what don't try to be an enemy of a Christian no. if the person is a real Christian like me and he's serving God don't try to be his enemy because you will run away what did I say what did I say Haman knew about it his wife told him he said that Esther chapter 6 verse 13 he said that if this Mordecai is a Jew before whom you have begun to fall if he's really of the seed of the Jew so the wife said Yanko Shebi or Egyptian no apple no kakra so no 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 he's a Jewish person and the wife said yeah and yeah yeah because those people 
the promise of God to them is that every enemy turns their back to them and runs away. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. He said, nobody will be able to stand in front of you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Peter came to Jesus. and said, Master, behold, we have left all and followed you. No. And Jesus told him that, 29, 29 to 30. Jesus told him, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold tomorrow, a hundredfold next year, a hundredfold when he dies. Nah! When? 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 Can you imagine God blessing him with a hundred houses? No, no. I said, can you imagine God blessing with a hundred houses? You have estates of your own. Oh. You make preaching so difficult. Harry, can you imagine God blessing with a hundred houses of your own? She's thinking about it, Pastor Pa. <laughs> Pastor Pa. Abundance is something to me. Marco, hundred houses of your own. God is able to do that. He said, I'll give you houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions. Persecutions. People are not going to understand. They are going to be complaining about you. are driving your car in Cape Coast and they start complaining. Now, small boy, not that land cruiser, me. Them car in your ministers or driver. Praise the Lord. Am I talking about somebody here? Am I talking about you? As you are doing your wedding, you are coming down the aisle. Here comes the bride. Also, again, I know you have your children. Guy Nampumwazo, who no more Kakoan. I actually, I actually, Madam Wedding, Wed Nicholas Nampon, your fate. Ah, then you will be them callous in your fate. Then you will be them callous in your fate. In several comments, I'm actually in this. And move, no duke a crabby. Nine day. Nakato in you, not here. Praise the Lord. Sustain in an inch, or the doco 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 doco. That's the persecution you are going to have. Are you ready for persecution? That's why we are saying they are going to be complaining. They are going to be complaining. And then a renter, and then was that more rent if men and cancel. <laughs> so, need to mass some enemies and I mean, you don't know. Lift your two hands. All these blessings have been promised to us. We need to read them, we need to believe them, we need to speak them, 
and we need to begin to pray them the moment we begin to conscientize ourselves with all these benefits it affects how we labor for god can you pray can you pray i'm i'm, I'm giving you keys how you can have an easy life you won't sweat and one simple way to do it is by working for god for instance you know that if you work in a certain place or in a certain position so be a doctor also uska will be a more banker also uska because of the position well i'm telling you if you are a laborer for god a servant of god you are blessed you want to lift your hands and make that covenant with god today i will serve i will labor for god i will i will work for god reverently 